Yes, time to talk the women's game and so much to get through with Alicia Carnivas. Evening, Alicia. How are you, Simon? I'm Rusty, very good. good. Hey, yes, very good. We're good. Good to have you on the show. Uh, before we look at the domestic game, uh, the Asian Women's Club Championship, a bit disappointing for Sydney FC. They missed out on the final. 3-0 loss to Hyundai Steel Red Angels of South Korea. Is that a, is that a pretty fair reflection of where our club game is at, at least? Yeah, and probably a timely one too. I mean, Sydney FC cream of the crop for us, right, for the last couple of seasons. So um, to see them lose, I guess, to, in, in that way, 3-0 is not a, a tight match. I, look, it gives us an indication of where we need to be, right, as far as, um, I guess, a league, but also to keep up with our Asian counterparts. It's really, really important that we stay in touch with them um, from a domestic league perspective, but also an international perspective as well. So um, an unfortunate loss, obviously, for Sydney, but learning curve all the same, I think, for them and and for the greater league as well. Mm. And and just with the trajectory of the women's game at the moment and the women's Asian Champions League starting next year, how big a development is that for for the women's game? I think it's huge. I think it's going to be really, really big. And as I just touched on talking about Asia, right, we now fit into this and have for a long time into this category of Asia and it's just growing. It's going from strength to strength in so many different countries and um, notwithstanding the Middle East, but very, very important, as I said, that, that we keep up with it. It's um, from the women's game and I guess the, that side of things with clubs. We want to attract some of the best players in the world to, to the A-League. That's the I'm sure the goal and and the intention. So to do that, we need to keep in touch with these teams and these club championships as well, and really be a force to reckon with in those realms. So mm. exciting times, I think. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I think it's long overdue, to be honest. Uh, before we get on to the weekend games domestically, uh, we've seen another coaching change in the Liberty A League. It happened today in your neck of the woods, Alicia. Gareth McPherson has left Brisbane after the draw against the Central Coast Mariners at the weekend. Casper uh, Tafter, who of course is the club chairman, both men's and women's, saying they wanted to see improvements right across the board and they've immediately installed Alex Smith as the new coach. What, what do you make of all that? Yeah, look, even up here, it seemed to happen very swiftly. Um, I know there have been a few whispers in the preseason realm and that never sort of came to fruition. I think the big surprise was, uh, what are we, four games into the season and there's this coaching change. And when you look at Brisbane Roar on paper, they've done okay so far, right? Two uh, two wins, rather, a loss and a draw. So um, Gareth McPherson hasn't underperformed by any stretch of the imagination yet in the season. So um, improvements across the board is is an interesting way to to word it from Kaz. from everyone up here around the traps, very, very tight-lipped on circumstances mm. and specifics. Yeah. Interesting. Not a lot has come out. Uh, the game itself, uh, a good, I think, point for, for either side. There was an extraordinary save from Jordan Silkovitz in the 90th minute in that game too, which, uh, which denied the Mariners a win. Yeah, huge moment, huge goalkeeping moment and so, so important as well. And I think... We're talking about, you know, four games into the season, as I mentioned, that type of performance and those types of of impact moments in games are really, really important for goalkeepers as well as they start to solidify and build cohesion in the back line as well. So 
very, very, um, I guess, good result for the Raw, but unlucky for the, for the Mariners in that set of circumstances as well. So the only team left with a 100% record, at least you have to four matches, is uh, Perth Glory, which is uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Uh, they left it late, but uh, Grace Jale and Susan Fonsonkam, again, popping up with the vital goals. That's six between them uh, so far this season. They've got a good partnership, clearly. C- could Glory go all the way this season, do you think? Look, they're looking good. I've had this question earlier today. They're looking really sharp. And, and Grace and Susan together, like you touched on there, Simon, just really, really good partnership starting to form um, for Perth. I think what, what Alex has done, their, their head coach over in Perth, is he's built cohesion really early in the season. And uh, we saw it last year with Western United, right? They started off in a really similar fashion. Um, and they just really built into the season all the way through to the to the semifinals and, and the final series. So... I'm excited for Perth. We haven't seen this in a long, long time for Perth Glory, and um, I'm hoping they can continue to go from strength to strength. And for me this season, Wellington has been one of the, the big surprises. Uh, three wins, one loss, uh, and a stunning goal from Macy Fraser. What's Paul Temple done, in your opinion, to turn their fortunes around? You know what? I'd love to know, Broski. I really <laughs> want to know what's happening over the ditch because they look red hot as well, and it's with both teams, Perth and Wellington, and they've sort of popped up as these surprise packages. We haven't seen them sort of feature strongly this early, typically in a season as well. But a lot of youngsters coming through, but youngsters with a lot of confidence. And if anything, I think we've got coaches actually sort of nurturing their young players and bringing out the best of them quite early. And a lot of times the youngsters have a little bit more flair and um, they're not scared to give things a go. So, look, it's exciting football and um, that free kick on the weekend was was something else. Mm. So really well in for Wellington as well. Uh, Elsewhere, Melbourne victory too good for the Jets. A couple of goals for Rachel Lowe, formerly of Sydney FC, of course, and a hat-trick for uh, Holly, I nearly said Molly McNamara. (laughs) Holly McNamara uh, in Melbourne City's 4-3 win over the Wanderers. Now, uh, Holly, I know you're a big fan of hers, Alicia. She's only 20 years of age. Are we starting to see the emergence of the next big thing for the Matildas up front? I mean, Sam Kerr, I know she's only, what, 29, 30, Sam, but uh, you've got to start looking towards the next generation. Is, is she the best of, of the next gen? Well, she's certainly putting a hand up, and I think that's really important. I mean, if we compare, say, Mary Fowler and Holly McNamara, it's a very similar age group, right? Mm. They're pretty much the same age, and... I think we need to be looking to the future. I mean, Sam has been amazing for Australian football. It's without a doubt. We, we can all see her impact here and around the world. But um, like any athlete, uh, retirement comes and Sam is approaching the 30s and um, we're starting to see injuries all around the world with players in in their 30s, right? Megan Rapinoe is no exception over the weekend as well. So going back to Holly, I think it's important we start to give her opportunities young to build her confidence because she's realistically a player of the next gen and and Mm. the next 10 years for Australia as well. So I'm excited to see what her future holds. As you said, no secret, I'm a a bit of a fan of hers. I think she's got a a really bright future. Absolutely. Um, A quick question without notice from Stuart from the People's Democratic Republic of Victoria, regular listener, uh, to the show and Stuart says average crowds of three and a half thousand in the A-League women seem to show that the growth in our game may not be in the men's side of the comp uh, what could a little more promotion for the women produce do you think? Oh, you know I'm a fan of promotion and, and media and marketing I think um, sort of touched on it a couple of weeks ago about 
getting more eyes on the game and more eyes on the brand. And I think that's really, really important. And I think if there was a bit more, it would um, grow those crowds again. I still don't think they're where they should be. But I do believe that if we had more promotion, more marketing in the right spaces and the public spaces as well beyond our game, um, we'd attract a, a new audience or at least an audience that, that might consider coming to watch a couple of matches and get quite attached. Mm. So um, I'm a fan of promotion. I'm a fan of billboards. I'm a fan of things on public transport. Let's get it out there. Absolutely. A uh, couple of uh, overseas questions to finish off, Alicia. Uh, Megan Rapinio, you mentioned there, her story career came to a close in the the worst possible way. We think she's torn her Achilles while playing for OL Reign after just six minutes of the game against Gotham City. Uh, what will be her legacy? And also, the sort of same question about Emma Hayes, who's uh, announced she's going to leave Chelsea at the end of the season, heavily linked, of course, with the United States women's national team job. Yeah, I mean, Megan Rapino, I've had a, a little bit of uh, time with her here in Australia back in the day. But um, look, she has probably the most controversial legacy in the women's game. Some people just absolutely adore her and her impact um, and what she's done for communities beyond football. Um, other people think she's possibly one of the worst faces of the game, right, to represent football. So very, very controversial, but I think um, there's no mistaking her impact, her contribution to the sport worldwide, um, and the longevity of her career has been absolutely sensational. I mean. She's not too far off me, a couple of years between us. So to have that longevity, to play for your national team as long as she did, says something about the talent uh, and, and the skill that she brought to, to world football. Um, and Emma Hayes, I mean, in the coaching realm, I think it's arguable, apart from Serena Wiegmann, there's not too many in, in the women's game, women coaching women, who've had the success that she's had and, and continues to go from strength to strength in her coaching career. So if she does end up with the US women's national team, fantastic for her. I think it's a step in the right direction. I heard a rumor that Chelsea offered her four times her salary to keep her wow. and she still declined. So it must be a pretty nice contract wherever she's going, but very, very strong links to, to the US women's national team for sure. Absolutely. I wonder where that leaves Sam Kerr, who scored uh, again for Chelsea at the weekend, as did Caitlin Ford for Arsenal in the FA Women's Super League. Uh, they are one and two on the table. Uh, Alicia, unfortunately, we're out of time. Great stuff. We'll speak to you again next week. Thank you. See you next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. That's uh, Alicia Carnavas with the women's game. We're off to another quick break. On the other side of it, we will uh, run through some of your texts and messages and questions.